1: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
2: all right boys and girls and welcome once again to the bass kayak and beers podcast on the paddle and fit network and another great episode for you today i know any of the latest videos you guys see me doing on podcasts you haven't heard me crack open a beer for different reasons last show that you heard if you heard my last show was with um Silas Garrett he uh, won the um uh, tournament in Fayette here in Texas Southeast Texas kayak bass league um and I'm actually the day that I recorded that I'm recording this one as well so if you heard my intro on that one you know I got COVID and, and I'm dealing with that so I can't really crack open drinking beer right now so I'm doing two recordings today um taking advantage of the fact that I'm going to be stuck at home for at least a few more days and not be able to move, start to get cabin fever here. But anyways, great show for you today. I got Shane Lamont from Bass Fishing Thumbs. Um, He is another great California angler. I don't get a lot of California anglers on my podcast, so I'm super excited to bring him on. He has the newest segment on the paddle and fin um, that work, and I think it comes out every other Thursdays um, in the afternoons. And again, it's Bass Fishing Thumbs. We're going to be talking about his podcast. He's also an accomplished and a great tournament angler. Um, and we're going to be talking about some of the trails that are happening in California. I know the when we think about uh, tournament anglers as far as kayak fishing, not a lot of big names come up when we're talking about Cali kids. Um, I know the biggest name probably Greg Blanchard, and that's a lot of it has to do with obviously his um, social media and his YouTube videos, but there is a lot of great anglers out there, um, and it's an interesting territory uh, to fish, very different from what we have either in the Midwest, South, or um, uh, Northeast. Obviously, uh, with California, there's a lot of like lakes that uh, deal with Delta and tidal waves, so... It'd be interesting to talk to him about it. Um, So anyways, we're going to go to a quick commercial. Before we go into that, a quick thank you to my sponsor, Douglas uh, Rods. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup, LRS Rods, X-Matrix Rods. And if if you're into fly fishing, they have a ward fishing, fly fishing rod. So go check them out. We'll go to a quick commercial. Then we got Shane Lamont. Be right back.
1: Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment,
3: Good. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Ah,
2: oh, man. It's my honor to have you on the show. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin. We haven't actually talked um, <laughs> since you got to Paddle and Fin, so kind of meeting you for the first time, at least on our, you know, virtually. So, yeah, to have you, man. It,
3: yeah, it's, it's super fun being a part of the Paddle and Fin family now. Uh, our group chats never go quiet, and uh, it's fun yeah. to just be a part of you guys. And I'm um, really looking forward to talking with you tonight. And, again, thanks for having me always love to talk about fishing.
2: Always. If we can't do fishing, the next next best thing is to talk about it, right?
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so how are you liking the Paddle and Fin family? You like all the drama we go through in, in our
3: group chat? <laughs> no, I, I love it, man. It keeps me uh, entertained throughout the, the day and um, a lot of good conversations in there. And I, I feel like we have a lot of great hosts, a uh, different variety of different ideas and different thoughts. And, uh, I think, it, I think it just makes for a great network. And again, like I'm, I'm just, I'm honored to be a part of it. When I reached out to Brad Hicks and kind of told him my idea about coming on and joining you guys, um, it all just kind of worked out. Brian Schiller, he's just, you know, an awesome dude and he's, uh, helped me a lot with my show. And, um, it's just, it just gave me a, a good platform to kind of build off of and kind of add to my social media.
2: Uh, Brian Schiller, I mean, can't say enough about Great things about Brian Schiller and what he does for the podcast community and fishing community. And I'm glad that he's actually getting more involved now in training training in kayak fishing tournaments. I know he kind of took a sabbatical last year, but this year looks like he's going to get more and more back into kayak fishing tournaments. Like to see me on the water as well. Uh, yeah, yeah man welcome sure. like we said welcome to the to the panel and finn family been wanting to get you on the show for a while now but i know the schedules haven't worked out especially with the time difference but for those of you that don't know you shane and don't know about uh your podcast so we'll tell us first of all a little bit about you what do you do other than fishing kayak fishing how you got into kayak fishing and eventually how you got into doing your podcast
3: yeah, so uh, my name's uh, Shane Lamont. I'm 31 years old. I uh, got a beautiful wife and a little three-year-old boy who loves fishing uh, just as much as I do, maybe more. And uh, I do construction for my day job. Uh, I'm a foreman for, uh, we basically move dirt. Um, we're like a truck hauling business uh, that moves a lot of dirt. And that's kind of what we do. And I really enjoy it. I get to operate tractors and manage a crew and uh, really thankful for that and enjoy it a lot. It kind of keeps me outdoors. It's part of my lifestyle, just being outdoors and being in, you know, working in the dirt and then heading to the lake on the weekends and fishing. Uh, other than that, I just, you know, I kind of fell in love with kayak fishing, uh, maybe like three and a half years ago now, almost four, um, started off in a float tube for about nine years, uh, at the beginning of that nine years. Um, again, you know, float tube fishing was just something that got me off the bank and was able to, I was able to cover a little bit more water than, than being on the bank. Like most, you know, most guys start on the bank and float tubing was a passion of mine. I did, I obviously did it for nine years. I never got a bass boat. And then I saw a bonafide, uh, kind of commercial, I guess you can call it when they first came out and I saw the guy standing up and fishing out of it. And it just, caught my attention, drew me in and I just knew I just had to, had to have that kayak, uh, started an Instagram account, um, maybe about six years ago. And, uh, Bass Thumbs Fishing is, is the name of the Instagram and kind of started as a reshare page, um, shared a lot of people's thumbs that were ripped up after fishing, uh, they would send me pictures of their thumbs and I would literally like post that. And it was just something that related to a lot of bass fishermen. Um when we rip our thumbs up out there on the water, we know that we had a good day out there and uh, it kind of happens to everyone if you bass fish so it related a lot of people it it uh it grew um kind of naturally and organically on its own and because of that, I was able to reach out to companies and use my social media presence uh, to build relationships with companies and promote their product and it's just really helped me and it's really propelled me uh, just in my own brand and just me as an angler, uh, it's given me a lot of opportunities. And now, you know, a part of the bona fide factory team. Uh, I'm on the Motor Guide Pro team. And I'm just really thankful, man. It's just been a crazy journey from the bank to the float tube to the kayak scene. And I've just absolutely fell in love with kayak fishing. I uh, got a podcast, started it with my buddy Alex. Our goal behind the podcast originally was to just bring a little bit of light out to the West Coast. Um, like Armando Uh, talked about in the beginning of the show you know the light really doesn't really venture into the west coast for some reason and i kind of saw an opportunity to highlight a lot of our anglers out here because we have a lot of good anglers and uh, me and my buddy alex cox who's a hammer out here from california he um, me and him started our our podcast got a lot of good feedback ran with it and now we're kind of coming to today i guess um part of paddle fin now which is a nationwide podcast network so it kind of all just fell into place and uh i'm really enjoying the process for sure
2: uh definitely man and uh like you mentioned it's something important to see the um the growth of the kayak fishing community that we be inclusive on everyone you know that wants to um you know grow the sport in their area whether it's california utah um, Colorado, Wyoming, I know there's a lot of states right now that five years ago you wouldn't think of uh, have hosting a tournament for bass fishing, but now they are, and I think that's very important you know to to nurture that and help other communities that may not be synonymous with kayak fishing or kayak bass fishing in this case to you know develop develop their talent and grow the sport because I think as every community gets more and more involved in this, um, then the sport gets better. This, you know, the products are gonna be better. Um prices, you know, for tournaments, for those people that enjoy tournaments, you know, prices are gonna grow. It just benefits everybody. Whether you just do it for your fun um or or you're a tournament angler, the growth of the sport um uh, helps out everyone. Um and I know like we mentioned, it geographically, it really is hard for anybody in California to travel to, you know, like the Mecca of bass fishing, which is pretty much, you know, some, somewhere between like Texas and Alabama and all, and all those states in between, uh, with a few exceptions. Um, and yeah. therefore, it's different. It's very uh, hard for even from Tennessee to Alabama to travel to California um, yeah. to to take part in those tournaments how have you seen the growth of the kayak fishing or kayak bass fishing in California evolved since you started this
3: I mean man I feel like it's came a long ways uh I know that there's there was a lot of a lot of guys doing it a couple of years prior to me um, getting my foot in it and once I got into it I don't know what it was but it bothered me a little bit that um a lot of guys from California weren't maybe taking the advantage of traveling to, you know, fish against you guys, I guess you could say like out there in the Midwest and mm-hmm. in the East coast. And I just, it sparked something in me. Um, I was really passionate about, you know, representing and and trying to to encourage guys to get out of California and take what we've, what we've gained here as far as our, angling goes and and take it to compete against the guys that are getting a lot of attention and i feel like ever since um me and alex cox and anthony garcia and just a few of these guys out here john myers guys puyeng um you know guys that have taken the initiative to not just sit back and cry and say oh you know these guys you know none of these trails come out here anymore um you know instead of sitting back and and just, you know, complaining about it, I was encouraging guys, let's just, we got to go out there and fish, you know, we got to figure it out. We got to plan for it and we got to go out there and compete against them and see what we can do. And me and my buddy, Alex and Anthony Garcia, we went to the um, KBF national championship at Lake Gunnersville. and, you know, Alex Cox, he ended up taking fifth place from California, which was a really big, you know, big accomplishment for, our West coast anglers out here to go out there and represent us like that. Um, I didn't fish in the national championship, but I fished in the challenge series championship because it was my first year in KBF and I didn't get a chance to, to qualify for the national championship, but I ended up taking 13th and it really kind of encouraged my confidence. And it was just, it was just a cool moment for us to kind of go out there and represent California and not just sit back and say, you know what, like, you know, complain about it. Like I love going out and fishing out there. Um, you know, in, in, in Alabama, we were at Gunnersville. It's just a dream come true for me to go fish. And I encourage anyone listening that's from the West coast, whether it's in Arizona or Utah or California, uh, you know, we just can't sit back and just expect everything to come to us. If it's, if it's not going to come to us for this year, then we got to go out and fish what we can to, if we want to, if we want to make some sort of recognition for us, if we want to get some sort of recognition for ourselves.
2: And that's very important also and, and and I commend you for what you're doing and, you know, trying to build something that's not just for you, but, you know, for the whole state of California to get involved and hopefully get more trails to, to come into the West Coast, go to the West Coast and bring tournaments. I know Hobie did it. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I don't think it was last year. Um, every, Like to me, everything's a blur since COVID started. I don't know yeah, when yeah. 2020 ended and 2021 <laughs> e- started yeah. and ended, honestly. So I may, if anybody that's listening, if I'm getting the dates wrong, just apologize. But let's just say in the last couple of years, we haven't seen those trails and looks like on 2022, no no big name tournaments, like that meaning Bass Nation and Hobie BOS are going to be taking part in California. Now I know, uh, we, I recorded an episode with, um, Dan Perry when there was, I think it was either the Hobie BOS, I think it was the Hobie BOS. Um, and I know that kind of like the attendance was a little bit disappointed. So I get the Hobie BOS and Bass Nation saying, Hey man, if, you know, if guys don't show up, then it's not really worth it for us to, you know, to go out there, especially when like, like, I think Hobie BOS, like five or six, seven guys were like, not even from the state of California. Um, yeah. What do you think needs to happen? Um, Not to put blame on anybody, not to say, oh, it's the fault of the anglers, or it's the fault of the organization's not doing a good job. mm, Let's take the blaming side out of it. What do you you think needs to happen for both local anglers and the big-name organization, again, Bass Nation and uh, Hobie BOS, to make this work so it'll be attractive and profitable for them to go to California. And what do you mind what do you think this from each side? Yeah. That's just from one side.
3: Well the first thing I am going to just come out and say is is uh we have to show up to these national events when they come and that's just the bottom line. I mean, we can sit and kick and scream all we want. There were a couple events that were pretty close to other things going on, but you know like uh for an example when Bass Nation came out here as a part of their open series like the it was their first year. And they went to Clear Lake, not nation, not like a nation, like actual bass. Mm -hmm. They went to Clear Lake, um, their first year. And there was, it was the weekend after, uh, the KBF trail. And then there was, it was also the KBF trail in August, um, also has a local trail that has their championship the same day. It's like this Mecca, you know, weekend of kayak bass fishing in California. And it happened every year prior to that. It was on that weekend before Bass put their um, tournament at Clear Lake. So you're, you're you're making guys choose two weekends in a row, and kayak anglers, besides maybe a small five percent, don't do this for a living. Don't even have the ability to make everything you know like a lot of anglers can. So you got to give them the you know they gave them the ability to choose. I chose not to go to the KBF because I felt like the importance was to show up and fish. If I had to pick one weekend, which I had to because of my life circumstance and I went up and fished the bass nation event, but there was only 61 or 60, I think 60, 61 guys that showed up to that event. And, and that's just, you know, not going to cut it. And, uh, I was thankful that for that event, cause I took fifth place and I had a great time and I qualified for the championship and, and I went to the championship, but um, and that's when Russ Snyders came out and taught us all a lesson that he can still whip our butts in California as well. <laughs> yeah. Or anywhere for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the year he was just on an absolute tear. Yeah. And uh anyways, but to answer your question, I just feel like we have to show up. We have to show up to the events, we have to put up the triple digits or close to it in order for these, you know, bigger organizations to come back because they're not a local trail. They're a business and they gotta make money. And that's just the bottom line. So at the end of the day, I feel like for your to answer your question is A, we gotta show up and B for the local or for the the bigger events, I mean to schedule a KBF to have a to for Bass Nation to schedule an event one week after the KBF, I just wish that between how about this? I wish between Hobie BOS Mm -hmm. KBF and Bass. I wish they would all kind of look at their schedules and just try their best to at least put, at least put like two weeks or three weeks in between them if they, if they can. I just feel like they could put a little bit better of an effort into the planning of of the big national trails. And again, they're probably all thinking like, well, they're kind of all competition, so we don't really care. (laughs) But at the end of the day, the overall kayak market honestly in the whole country is a fairly is a fairly kind of small market like we're there's still like a small percentage of of actual kayak anglers that actually want to compete at this high of a level i -hmm. mean we're probably talking like three four hundred you know guys across the country maybe a little bit more you know that's just a number i'm throwing out but you know to spread that out across the country and then to have these national trails be one week apart from each other in completely different ends of the country or Miles and miles away, I mean, it's just not going to work, and then they're all going to be upset because they're all their numbers are going to be low. <laughs> so that's just one thing that I wish that they would, you know, pay a little bit more attention to. But at the end of the day, we have to show up to the events, so
2: yeah, and that's understand- out here in California, yeah, and that's understandable. Like, I'm right now with um, uh, you just mentioned that, like, I had to make a decision because Bass Nation is going to have Lake Fork, and then Hobie BOS is going to have Toledo. I was like, well, I can't. You know, that's the other thing. It's two hundred and fifty dollars each. You know, yeah. that's five hundred dollars in two weekends. Yeah. Just, um
3: Just entry fees.
2: Just entry fees. <laughs> so it's kind of pressure that you need to yeah. make. You know, get on yeah. the money. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it, it definitely is. I don't want to. I don't know the conversations that go between. Um. You know, each organizations. I know. I I I can say this because everybody knows this. Mass Nation does bring their schedules a lot later than everybody else. So, I mean, there's that. I, I don't want to go here and point fingers at Bass Nation, but if you're the one that's bringing, you know, the the, the trails, you know, a few months later than everybody else, then that's kind of on you to make yeah. the adjustments too.
3: I mean, one but thing get, one thing I want to say too, it's like, you know, it is their third year. I kind of hope that they would have done, as far as Bass goes, um, I kind of hope they would have done a, a little bit better as far as their scheduling goes, like not having two days and one day, but at least they're, at least they're tapping into two days because before they didn't have any two days. So, I mean, they're kind of listening. So I hope for next year just to stay positive on it and not get too deep down that rabbit hole for this year, just to stay positive on it and just, you know, hope that they hear us and hear the feedback that they got this year, because, you know, there was a lot of, a good positive. I feel like it was not negative. I feel like it was good uh constructive um criticism and I hope that they hear it and I hope that next year they're able to um A expand their events throughout the nation a little bit better and B uh have two day events um throughout their whole entire year.
2: Yeah no and I agree with it. And again we're not you're not here to hamper on uh Harbor anybody here, much less Bass Nation, I, and I think the overall sentiment is we're all happy in the kayak fishing community. The Bass Nations decided to take part in this.
3: Yeah, absolutely, one ab- hundred percent. It's a childhood dream of mine to just yes have a, a possibility to. Because I was in the stadium when Mark Pendergraph I actually just had him on my show. That's the show yeah. I recorded right before this. I had Mark ah, on. Nice. But uh, I mean, one thing I was telling him is like, dude, it's a childhood dream to to be there. I was so glad that I was able to even experience it in Texas this year, uh, even though I didn't get on the stage. But now it's my goal as a kayak angler, no matter what, is, is to hoist that trophy and be a yeah. kayak, you know, a Bass Nation Kayak Series champion. That's, that's my main goal. So, yeah.
2: and, and that's a good point. We're, we were talking that we had a long discussion that on our um, host thread about it, you know, which one would you rather you know, and there's different aspects you can't deny. The the lure that is walking down that carpet and being on the top ten and hoisting that oh, trophy, yeah. you can't yeah. substitute that. And I think that's every kayak angler wants that. You know, wants to win the Bass Nation. It comes down, I think honestly, bass Armando, Nation. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. come
3: out and say this too. Uh-huh. How about this? I don't even care about the payout. I don't care what the payouts are. I care about hoisting that trophy and being a bass champion.
2: <laughs> I that's 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 just, just my do. own point. I, No, And that's an interesting point because it like, like, like yourself. And I said it on the, on my podcast before there's times where no, no, there's times I grew up, you know, I would, as soon as my family got, my dad got cable TV, my mom said, and I barely remember this, but she would say I would Sunday mornings, she would wake up and I'd be sitting on the floor in front of the TV with my tackle box and my rods watching, um, bass fishing shows or bass, uh, or the bass masters on tv i just love it this is in puerto rico where we really didn't have bass fishing at all like that's not even that is a thing now but it wasn't back then like nobody bass fished nobody did bass fishing puerto rico um (laughs) back then at least in my when i was 10 years old or five years old yeah so yeah so i i personally like it um and again kind of moving on from uh well, moving on to other subjects not to uh, dwell on this. I just think Bass Nation needs to find an identity and figure out what they want to do and have somebody that's kayak tournament director proven with experience to run it. But we'll see. I think we need to give it time. And I think once it's figured out, I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to take the sport to another level. That's what we all want. Nobody here wants to hear about any boycotting bass, hobby or anything. There's plenty of room for everybody to grow. And I think... Um, we need to support everything that we can, whether we agree with how, what's going on right now. We just gotta let it work itself out, and it'll eventually get to where it needs to get. And um, we know we, we're at the infancy level of this sport. It's crazy to think how much this sport has grown, especially with COVID. You know, COVID shut down everything for like two years, one and a half year um, for a lot of things. But and all all of a sudden kayak fishing kind of blew up because a lot of people were like, okay, when well, we don't, we don't travel that much, you know, maybe they can't afford to take out their boat because of gas prices and, and, you know, not being able to work, whatever. So a lot of people I remember were just like, you go to a kayak shop, man, it was hard to get a kayak. It was just selling out. My outback oh, took yeah. like three months because they weren't <laughs> back ordered for three months. Yeah. So It grew where everything else was getting shot down. Kayak fishing grew, not just back kayak bass fishing, but kayak fishing, kayak, the sport of kayak just grew. Yeah. Um, And now to think of the room it has, the ceiling that we have for this to grow is, I mean, the sky's the limit really.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm just uh, like, like I was saying earlier, I'm just, I just hope, you know, when opportunities come up for us to fish big events out in, especially the West coast, I just hope we fish them and that our guys show up because the interesting part about this as well as, as a part of this conversation, we had a California bass nation event uh, last Mm -hmm. year. Um, It was in May and it was at clear Lake and we had a hundred, it was 142 guys show up. So we have, we have the anglers Um, it, it, it really depends on, um, like the schedule because there was nothing else going on around that time. And all, you know, all of us were able to show up and fish it. And, uh, my buddy Alex actually won that tournament and he won like $15,000 and it was just insane. But we, we put on a great, you know, California Bass Nation, Tim Arthur, they, he put on a great event. So there's opportunities for us out here still, um, you know, kind of going, so there's, so there's no, there's no bass open event, if you want to call it that, but we have the bass nation series, um, California bass nation series. Uh, they're going to be, I think three or four events with the championship at the end. And then we're going to send our 20% to the championship, um, you know, for the, for 2023, which is really cool. And then, uh, you know, there's no Hobie event, but actually the ABA kayak series, um, has Hobie as their title sponsor. And they've fully came on board with us. They're giving away two PA 14 180s. Uh, They fully sponsored the event and um, they're going to be two day events up and down California. Uh, We have a great schedule. Um, There's three events kind of locally or kind of in SoCal. And there's also three events in NorCal and um, $250 buy-ins, you know, great payouts. Like I said, two day events and, with a championship at the end. Uh we're going to be the AOI is going to be winning like a fully rigged out PA. It's very similar to the BOS series. Mm-hmm. Um we kind of we kind of structured it uh very similar to it. The one thing about our series is that we're going to allow motors. Um so we can, you know, we can fish with motors. But uh it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun a fun new series coming out here to California and I'm I'm really looking forward to it
2: and that's going to be the first year the ABA uh with the Hobie sponsor.
3: It's going to be the second year but the first okay. year doing uh doing it on this kind of a scale cuz last okay. year it was only based in southern california and uh we had a 50 angler cap. Um we had it was $150 buy in 50 angler cap. Uh we filled up three of them. Um the other three um we hit about 45 40 so Um, We had a good year. It's just this for this year to continue with Hobie. Hobie wanted us to kind of push it a little bit. And that's why um, we kind of went up and down California this year. And we went to two day events and the bigger buy-in, you know, kind of like, like, you know, it's, it's really close to BOS series other than just the fact that it's located only in California. We're drawing a lot of guys from Utah and, or no, Nevada and Arizona as well. Like Bryce Gibbs is going to come fish our events uh some Nevada guys so we it's really exciting man i'm really i'm really stoked to kind of see what's happening so just because like you know the official i guess national circuits aren't coming out here we've kind of um taken a little bit of initiative and still provided opportunities for anglers to compete at a really high level and then also qualify for the you know bass masters championship you know so we have we have a way to get in which is good and the and the cool thing one thing i want to say too cuz a lot of times bass nation tournaments, uh, depending on the state, I guess, um, kind of get looked at a little bit lower at lower than, I guess you can say just because of the turnouts and, you know, the ability for guys to qualify at a more, I guess, you know, like a lower turnout kind of thing. But for our bass nation event, I mean, it's going to be tough to get in, man. I mean, we're going to have to qualify. We're going to fish, I think three or four events. I got to look, but, um, we're going to have to fish three or four and then qualify for a championship. And then from the championship, the top 20% go to the actual, you know, you know, the, the Bassmaster classic, I guess you can call it. So it's a cool, tough way to get in, which, which I really like, you know, I'm a huge fan of a tougher championship to qualify for. I think, I think it, I think it feels really good as an angler to qualify for something that's that's fairly tough to get into like, like the BOS I think it's, they do a, I mean, they, I've never fished an event of theirs, but just seeing the way that they run the events, seeing the way they market the events, seeing the way that they, um, you know, just, they just do a, a, a phenomenal job with their events. I really, I really believe that. That's why I kind of took a lot of what they do, um, with our TD carry peeler and applied that to our series. And I'm really looking forward to it. So it's, it's some exciting things going on.
2: Yeah, and and that's I mean props to AJ uh McWhorter for that because he, he really does. And that's that's going back to what he's saying that that's you know a, a proven tournament angler who's directing the trail. He knows, you know, and if people forget, AJ mcWhorter is a hammer. I mean, before he started <laughs> doing this, like he he was ranked right up there with everybody else. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He has that mentality of like kayak anglers first. Um and it really brings out that what we're saying that that identity like this is what we are we're going to be kayak angler first and we have to understand though we can't i think i and that's something i try to hold myself back from doing because i know i do it way too often even to a fault is we can't compare what hobie bos um is bringing to what bass nation bass master is bringing because it's two different complex you know one one is a brand of that sells kayak, one is an organization that builds tournaments. So there's different, you know, there are different agendas for each one. And each one requires a different uh take-home. And that's something that, that even myself I have to hold back my when I try to give constructive observation or criticism for that matters. Because at the end of the day, we all like you have a podcast, I have a podcast we're not going to go the route where we're going to trash talk anybody bat mouth or, you know, screw somebody with some organization or anybody individual, um, their, their character. But we do have to give our opinions on what think it's right and what think it's wrong, what things could work and also talk about what things are doing great. um, And built on that. And that's yeah. really what the podcast is. I think as a podcaster, we try to, um, hold ourselves accountable to what we says but we also have to understand that our audience when you have an audience they want to know what you think and they want to know your thoughts on it the way we express those thoughts and those opinions that's what we always have to be careful not to enter into that you know like um, clickbait kind of thing or you know kind of like uh, you know where people you know when, when when what is said is said we can talk about what could be better and not concentrate on like, Oh, look what he said, or look what she said, or, yeah you know, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but basically that the conversation because some, uh, tends to be more constructive versus more of a clickbait of a word of words and a word of insults, you know, like who yeah. who gave out the best bird. That's not what it's about. We're yeah. doing that. Then we're not really building the, um, we're not building the community.
3: Absolutely. That's the most yeah.
2: What yeah. are your personal goals for? Uh, and I, I know, I apologize. You were about to say something, but let me ask you this oh, real quick. What is your personal goals right now for your podcast and for your, you know, your career as a tournament angler? Twenty
3: twenty. Uh, yeah, I mean, the goal for the podcast uh, is going to continue to stay the same throughout um, its lifespan. It's going to be just to highlight uh the West Coast anglers um give them a platform to share you know their tournament victories um and you know kind of just be like i guess my goal for it is to kind of be like the the podcast that a lot of west coast guys want to be want to be on mm-hmm. um so we've been you know we've we've done uh mostly tournament winners um from the west coast we cover um the bigger some of the bigger clubs we also cover all the main series and then we've also had a couple bass boat, you know pro anglers from what the west coast we had todd klein Uh, we had maddie wong on recently that was a great
2: show maddie Wong, by
3: the way yeah thanks man i mean he's super cool guy and and i just i kind of want to still be a little versatile so not just everything just kayak fishing like all the time but definitely with a a majority of the show will be based off of um, west coast kayak angling but to also kind of venture out. And like, I, like I just had Mark Pendergraf on, I felt like it was an important one to have for my show just because he won, he won the Bass Nation championship. So, um, which is something that a lot of us guys on the West coast, uh, want to strive to do. So it was cool to kind of have his story for a lot of our guys to hear, you know, how his whole thing unraveled and everything. So also, you know, just to have my own thing out here on the West coast and, and have fun and record and talk about kayak fishing. So that's my goal is to just kind of highlight all that. (laughs) And then, uh, go ahead.
2: No, no, no. And I was just about to say, I think you were just about to say what you would expect on tournament.
3: So as far as my term in England goes this year, um, you know, I am a family man. Uh, like I said, in the beginning, I got a wife and I got a three-year-old and, uh, we kind of got a little plan to maybe start and have another kid soon. So, Um, I don't want to make too many like over promises on like what I'm going to do on a national scale. Um, just based off of, you know, my own life circumstance and being a family man, which will always be first. Uh, but one thing that I have committed to this year is fishing the ABA kayak series. Uh, you know, doing that, I, I helped them with their social media and their marketing and, uh, kind of have helped last year as well. So, Definitely want to try to promote that and be a part of that and and try to win, you know, that series. And then uh, as far as the other national circuits go and and some things going on in California, we got a great local club down here in San Diego, SoCal Kayak Anglers. Definitely try to, you know, if I can make a Saturday and go fish a local derby, a grassroots kind of deal, I would, you know, definitely try to hop into that. But also fish the California Bass Nation Series. And my whole goal, man, is just, to make it back on that stage, or make it back to that, to that opportunity to be on the stage. So, um, if I can qualify through the nations, I qualify through the nations. Uh, kind of talking with Gene a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to know Gene pretty well. Uh, if he's able to make it to a bass event, I might fly out there and, and use one of his extra kayaks and, and fish a uh, fish a nation event because, like I said, I just want to I want to try to compete in that. And, uh, other than that, dude, I mean, that's pretty much like my season. I, I am qualified for the KBF national championship. Um, it is at, uh, where is it at this year? Kentucky Lake. Um, so Kentucky, yeah. if, if I can make it, I'm going to try to go because it's just, I would love to fish Kentucky Lake and have a shot to, you know, win that. Cause I, like I said, last time I was there, I was only in the trail series or the challenge series championship. So it'd just be cool just to fish a national championship just to say so yeah, I fished one, you know, and give it a shot.
2: Yeah, I mean who knows? Maybe you win and get what fifty, <laughs> sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. That'd be nice, so, right? Yeah.
3: Kentucky Lake too, like I mean, I know that there's there's always a good crankbait bite. I know the chatterbait works pretty well there and um I don't know.
2: Chatterbait's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere, but, yeah. <laughs> anywhere.
3: What but it's it's a positive note for us because out here, unless you're at Clear Lake or the Delta. Uh, I mean it's 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 always fun to catch them on a chatterbait, and when I can go out there to when I went out to Gunnersville and went out to Possum Kingdom for the Bass Championship, I was throwing chatterbait, and it's just <laughs> I know you guys are kind of spoiled out there where you where you know where you guys are all from, but to catch them on a chatterbait is something that I love to do because oh, yeah. it, it I don't really come by it too much out here in SoCal because we're we're mostly a finesse kind of jig. Uh, just a little bit of a different style, just because of our reservoirs yep. out here. So, unless you go to the Clear Lake or Delta, Clear Lake is the best fishery in the whole world. Period.
2: Oh, you can that's, you can catch them that's on. That's my talk here in Texas, buddy. You, I, dude, I don't know where this is going right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> dude, Clear Lake, Clear Lake is okay. I kind of went out a little bit on a stretch on that, but Clear Lake is a phenomenal definitely top three in the country for sure
2: that's uh, i'll give you that i i was about to say you said the best ones like i i think oh lake Fork in <laughs> kingdom has something to say about that too yeah uh, but yeah clear lake or not i'm not from california and i've heard of clear lake for so long
3: you got to come out you got to so, come out one time man
2: yeah definitely You got. i'll do i have to drive my trailer over there with the kayak or you have a kayak. trail? Hey man, I, I did, I
3: did, I did 24 hours to get to possum kingdom. So you can, I know you right? can handle it. I can handle it. All right. I'll, I'll see about that one. I drove um, 24 hours in one day.
2: How hard is to? I've always wanted to ask this, and I, I, I think I had uh, Yang on on the time that I did that um, the reel the reel down with uh, Dan Perry. I think he he definitely was in the top three. I think he got Pu-Yang? I think He won who I think he got. yeah. Um, but so it was at the Delta, and I noticed that a lot of the trails were going at the going to be fishing at the Delta, and I've always wondered if that kind of put off some of the more midwest and uh, southern guys can go in because i know fishing on a delta like there's places where you can say okay there's lakes that you can say this is really home court advantage like fishing in florida that's home court advantage because fishing florida is like very different from fishing anywhere fishing on a delta to me it's like yeah man if if i'm gonna you know drive 20 24 is to go to a lake, plus the tournament fees, plus the Airbnbs, hotel, foods, everything. Now I'm going to fish a lake that's really, you know, that's really going to be affected by titles. Something that most anglers here in that area never even have to encounter. I would think that would be like, now nah, I'm, I'm double thinking if, if I really want to go over there and get, you know, get embarrassed. How hard or how different is it to fish uh, the Delta? for example, that's, you know, prone to tidal changes more than it is to fish any other lake?
3: So the first thing that I would say to someone if they are nervous about fishing the Delta, there's a gentleman by the name of Greg Blanchard that fishes it every single day. Just go on his YouTube and you'll find out what's going on. <laughs> that's true.
2: But I mean, it's one no, thing but, to watch Greg Blanchard no, and thing is it, though.
3: No, I know. Okay, so I, being from California, this might come to a shock to some of you and even you. Uh, I've only been there one time for a four-day period. Okay? That is a shock, yeah. So I went there and went with my buddy Brad. Um, it was my first time on the Delta. Um, got a couple areas from Blanchard, got a couple areas from a couple other guys, and we hit four different areas on the Delta. The first three days, I struggled to catch a limit. I, I didn't even catch a limit. Any of the whole three days I was punching, I was doing everything that I researched about. And I was totally confused about the tides and, and all that stuff. It just overwhelmed me. Like, and it was, it, and it's just a massive, massive body of water, yeah. um, especially on a kayak. I mean, it is like, it, it eats you alive. But on the fourth day I was able to catch like 15 fish. And I caught some good fish and I kind of figured out an area that I really like. And I kind of figured out the tide thing a little bit when it's a low tide, you know, when it's a low tide, you want to just kind of step outside the grass line a little bit because they're sitting right outside the grass. When it's a high tide, they're probably closer to the bank because the water level's up. So it just took a little bit of time to kind of figure it out. But I can see why Greg fishes it so much because, and I don't really know honestly and Greg can maybe Greg, Greg can actually say this too it changes literally like by the hour and the fish yeah. are constantly changing and moving and and setting up different and so to, there, there's really not a home court advantage there I mean there kind of is but it's still like a a huge mystery and when you hear a lot of a lot of pros talk about the delta A lot of people that live on the Delta, you kind of hear the same thing, dude. Like, you just never know. Like, one day you're going to catch 28, 30 30 pounds. The next day you're going to catch two fish or one fish, you know? And so it's definitely um, a very, very, like, heaven-like place to fish. Uh, The scenery, the, you know, just being there, you could just feel like any cast, you can catch, like, a 10-pounder, but um, it's a tough one. But honestly, like as a bass fisherman, I love the challenge. I love I love tournaments that are a little bit tougher. I love the bite being a little bit tough just because it makes it feel like so much more of an accomplishment when you do put together a limit or when you you know, you know, when you when you put together a good day, you feel like you earned it. When when you when you go to these tournaments and you see like ninety inches is like twenty fifth place, it's like, dude, are you serious? Like ninety inches is friggin' like an epic day but everyone had an epic day and it just doesn't feel the same you know compared to catching like like 84 inches on a tough fishery and you put together a limit and you won the event with 84 inches you know what i mean so i really enjoy the challenge and the delta is just a really fun place to fish for sure
2: definitely i can see how it'd be fun um and again it's so much different i i think you you touched on something that i think every kayak angler As fishermen uh will be late and it's we love misery right yeah i mean when you think about it how how you know how often do we get skunk or not get a limit you know we talk about i compare it to a baseball player you know the best baseball player is gonna fish it's gonna fish it's gonna hit 300 (laughs) plus well that means out of uh yeah a thousand at bats he's gonna fail 700 times yeah. And that, that bass fishing is the same thing, you know, but we still love it. And we still go out there and do it. And so I totally get the, the, what you're saying, you know, and I think everybody can relate to that. We, as bass fishermen and kayak angler, we love misery for some reason. We have to, otherwise why we do it, why we put ourselves through this all the time, considering how much we spend on it. Right.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's literally like the, for me, that's like the best part about bass fishing. It's always changing. There's always a challenge. There's there's just always something going on. You have to stay ahead of it. You have to think ahead. You have to make good decisions. You have to make sure all your knots are tied. you have to, you have to make sure everything's dialed in because um, one small mishap, one small yep. mistake, and your whole day's ruined. You know, like your whole day—not ruined, but you're, you you can miss out on an opportunity to catch a good bag. And I mean, everything has to go perfect for you to win one of these events and no matter what even if it's a local trail or a national trail it's tough to win a tournament and um for guys that do consistently hats off to you and for guys that are continuing to grind just keep grinding your day will come and you know just keep learning and growing and just keep getting better and time on the water is everything
2: no it's not. Um, if it's, if it was easy, everybody would do it. The hard part is what makes it great.
3: If you want um, easy, go, go, uh, go on the shore, put a bobber out there and go fish yeah. for trout and crack open a beer and, and don't care if you get bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, we've got you for like what? 45 minutes now before I let you go, kind of wanted to do, like I often do a session of rapid questions. So my fans audience can get to know Shane Lamont a little bit more. Let's do it. I promise you, Shane doesn't know the questions unless you've he heard my podcast before. Um, I've heard so a few. You ready? Yeah. All right. If you couldn't fish for bass, what would be? What would you fish for?
3: Ooh, trout.
2: Trout. <laughs> like we're talking about sea trout or?
3: No, like rainbow trout. That's like rainbow my second trout. little passion. I got yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah. Um. One lure for the rest of your life. Which one would it be? Just one lure. Nico rig. Nico rig. Wow. I haven't heard that one. Nico rig.
3: <laughs> Little curveball. I, I think a I lot can throw of people a Nico rig. rig I can throw a Nico rig anywhere in the country, any time of year, no matter what. If it's the rest of my life, I will catch fish no matter what.
2: That's an interesting one. Um, favorite setup. What's your all-time favorite setup? Rod and like rig- real line.
3: Wait, okay. Um... So I'm I'm sponsored by Cash and Fishing Rods. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Uh the icon uh the icon series cash and rod seven foot three worm and jig rod with a Shimano seven point three to one uh D SLX DC um with seventeen pound Seagar fluoro and a jig on a you know just fishing a jig that's like my favorite setup
2: nice um what was the other one i almost forgot um okay classic question One ten pounder or 22 pounders one one day of fishing which one do you rather have
3: i'm from california so 110 pounder
2: yeah all right i've heard various on that one so <laughs> good job man yeah so Shane, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I want to give you, as always, a few minutes. I give all my guests the time to kind of like thank their sponsors and people that make your bass fishing or kayak bass fishing life a little bit easier. So if you want to go ahead and thank anybody you want to thank, company sponsors, families, go right ahead.
3: Yeah. um, First, I want to just thank my wife uh, for supporting this crazy hobby of mine. Uh, and my, my little son to, he kind of just keeps, you know, encouraging me to get out there. Just, I love seeing the joy on his face when I show him a picture or when we're both reeling into fish. And then, uh, going from there, I got to thank, uh, kayak fish supplies and OEX, um, Brent Torgeson and Carrie Peeler down there in San Diego. They've kind of believed in me since day one. Uh, Brent gave me an opportunity to do social media for them. And, uh, it's really just kind of propelled, you know, my, um, foot in the industry and so a huge shout out to OEX and Kayakfish Supplies. Uh, they're rigging my boat right now. And I can't wait to release that and show um, show everyone what we got cooking over there. And then from there, uh, I got to thank Bonafide Kayaks. i uh, been with them since day one in the industry and uh, on their factory team. And Justin and the team over there just does a great job with us as the team. And um, I, I believe in their innovation uh, moving forward. And it's a great platform to fish off of. Uh, along with Motorguide, um, part of their pro team. We got a great team with uh, Drew Gregory and Fluke Master and uh, Derek Brundle. Um, it's got some exciting things coming um, in the future for with Motorguide. I feel like that bow mount really has put a dent in the industry, yep. um, and it's it's really made its own kind of footprint as well and just really stoked to be a part of that, um, that team. And then uh, going from there, got a sh- huge shout-out to Dakota Lithium, uh, Stormy, also someone that's believed in me, you know, for three years now, been with Dakota, um, powered, you know, all my power is Dakota Lithium, a great battery to run. And uh, Rogue Fishing, uh, Mark, um, again, just giving me opportunities, Uh, One Objective, and Nines Optics. Um, Also, Aussie Concept, Aussie Concept kayak folding trailer. Uh I got their trailer last year. It's actually a trailer that folds up um and goes into your garage. And it, it's it's a really cool, innovative kayak trailer. Um so huge shout out to Aussie Concept as well. And also Cash and Fishing Rods, uh, great rods, great people. Um, you know, they're a faith based company which is important to me. And uh mm-hmm. really excited, you know, really excited that I joined the Cash and crew this last year. It's been a it's been a huge blessing. So um other than that, just you know, shout out to all my listeners for my podcast and uh um I just you know just thankful and really excited about um kicking off the ABA series out here in California and trying to make anything I can nationally as well. So um that's pretty much it, man. Other than that, keep your guys' thumbs ripped. And uh Armando, thanks for having me on the show.
2: My pleasure, man. Uh and again, thank you for for coming onto the show. I like uh take pride in bringing people that actually do a a great service for the community and you've definitely do done what you can um to help the kayak fishing community grow in california so big thank you to that props to you for doing that and you know it's always a blessing to have people like you in the kayak fishing community to help it grow organically and take it to the next level so can't um we can't really overstate what you've uh what you what you've done and and continue to do so we wish you the best moving forward with that lots of success and whatever we can do to help you and help the kayak fishing community in california grow we you know we're always here for this we want this to grow we want this to get better we want uh more people to pay attention to this and more commu- um, big name companies, even non-endemic uh, companies that might be interested in sponsoring and bringing more money to the community and the tournaments, it's even better. Um, yeah. I, w- I also wanted to uh, ask you, where can people follow you on social media?
3: Uh, if you guys got Instagram, um, Bass Thumbs Fishing on Instagram. Also, I got a YouTube channel, at Bass Fishing. And my podcast is found on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's just the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast. Um, that's it. That's what I got. Perfect. Facebook, I don't. I kind of do my own thing on Facebook. I just got my personal Shane Lamont. Don't have Bass Thumbs Fishing really on there, so I mostly do all my stuff on Instagram and YouTube.
2: Awesome, man! So there we go. Bass fishing, Bass Thumbs fishing. If you yeah. want to go check it out, Facebook. I mean, not Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Are you in TikTok too, or no?
3: No, no TikTok
2: no check that TikTok. No that. Right, cool. yeah <laughs> so jane once again thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure for those out there listening thank you for joining the show hope you enjoyed the episode remember if you're going to be on the water if you're going to bring great beers while you're kayak fishing and all that please stay safe you know uh take everything in moderation if you're going to be on the water please wear your pfds and thank you again for listening go check out my sponsor douglas rods go to douglasoutdoors.com. have a great day everyone tight lines
1: Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.